coming straight from the cockpit. It's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, once again, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. I am the fucking pilot, and on the other line... Oh, this is going to be a fun one. I've been waiting to do this for a while now, and she actually agreed to do it. So tell me, who the fuck are you, and what do you do? <sighs> Hi. <laughs> I am Naomi, or Nomas. Or Nom Nom. Um, I'm a skydiver. You're a skydiver. You're a skydiver named Naomi. That's pretty fucking broad That's description. <laughs> You don't That's pretty much what I do. You don't get to be nervous talking to me. You and I have, have had way too many bizarre experiences for you to be even a little bit nervous talking to me. Fuck that. That's not. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not nervous. Nah. All right. So you're a skydiver. Where are you a skydiver? You jump out of airplanes, but uh, um, I mean, that's what you do for fun or that's what you do for work? It's um, pretty much what I do. So I... I uh, jump at the moment. I'm jumping at a place called Skydive Muscle Bay. Um, not a, it's not a huge operation, but it's a very good-looking place mm. and a really nice place to just chill and relax, I guess, and just skydive and do stuff. I've heard it's supposed to be a spectacular place. It's beautiful. Yeah, very cool. Now, so you're jumping there, and we'll get into all the details of, of what type of jumping you do and all that, but I want to know how you got started in it. Were you like an extreme sports enthusiast as a kid? Were you one of these kids that was like jumping off the roof into trees and shit? Or, you know, how did you get into into jumping? Um, well, it was the odd occasion of me taking an umbrella and leaping off of walls and seeing if I could actually land it. Nice. <laughs> that didn't really work. <laughs> but uh, no, I wasn't. I've, I've always done sports in school, um, all of the sports that was available, pretty much. Um, and uh, I mean, I started jumping when I was really, really young. Um, I was about 14 years old, and my mother actually wanted to go skydiving, and she decided that she didn't want to do it alone, <laughs> and she actually convinced my sister and myself to go do AFF with her. Um, I had no idea what skydiving was mm. at all. Well, at 14. <laughs> I, was still, I was still going through puberty, man. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what's happening in the world. Sure. <laughs> so, um, so the legal age in South Africa was 16. Mm. Um so basically what we did is we lied. Um, <laughs> of course. My sister was 16. <laughs> my sister was 16 at the time. She had just turned 16 like four days after before we started jumping. Mm. And um, <clears throat> so it just worked out well. I didn't have an ID yet. And it was kind of at that age where you may or may not have an ID yet in South Africa. Right. So we just didn't, hadn't, hadn't applied for it yet, if you know what I mean. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we basically just told those people at the drop zone, because my mom was there signing it off anyway, that I was 16. So I had to pretend my birth date was my sister's birth date. And then she had to make her birth date my birth date to make her 
actual 18. So I was 16 and she was 18 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but we were 14 and 16. So wow. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. What uh, um, was your dad around? What did he think about this? Oh uh, no, my dad's not a. Um, he's not really good with uh, adrenaline scenarios. Okay. Well, what did, he, what did he think when his his wife, you baby, you know, I mean, baby mama, is dragging his two daughters out to throw them out of an airplane with her? I I actually have no idea. I just know he wouldn't come with, for instance. Like when we went bungee jumping for the first time, we were in Zimbabwe on the bridge. Mm. And I've done that. We jump. walked onto the bridge and we saw that there was a bungee jumping. I mean, this is me. I think I was 13 and my sister was 14. Also, like we're like 13 months apart. All right. We walked onto the bridge and saw the bungee jumping and we were like, let's go bungee jumping. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, it wasn't even a second and my dad was already walking backwards off the bridge. He was like, uh, uh, 180 and he just went. So Vict- he's not big on that sort of thing. Right. Now, that's that's uh, Victoria Falls, yeah? Yeah. So, isn't yes. that the, that's supposed to be, wasn't it one of, if not the tallest bungee jumps in the world? At the time, it was the highest commercial jump, but now um, the next one after that was the one here, very close to where I am. Actually, I think it's about an hour's drive or so. It's called the Blokrans River Bridge. Mm. That That is about an 800-foot drop. That's quite a drop. Uh, <clears throat> but I don't know if it's still the highest in the world, but it was after the Vic Bald one, yes. Mm. Well, I did Vic Falls with uh, with my daughter a few years back, and I remember uh, um, thinking it was dramatically sketchier than than skydiving when I could overhear people talking about the chick that had died like a week before on that bungee jump. Yeah, oh no, it's it's scary as hell, dude. Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's scary. <laughs> fucking proper sketchy because you're walking across that bridge and and everybody and their uncle is trying to sell you trinkets from Zimbabwe while you're you know trying to deal with your mortality as you're getting ready to get strapped up by a guy who clearly does not give a fuck no and it's super low oh my god that is not high no <laughs> so the ground rush is quite epic yeah yeah oh no they let you go way down there there's no doubt about that all right, so oh, no. so you kind of had it in your blood, and your dad didn't, but your mom talks you into going out and and uh, doing AFF. So you started at fourteen years old. Did you go through the course? I mean, what happened with that? Did mom? Um. So my mom and my sister and myself all went through the course, except my mom. I think, I think she should have done the first jump. Hmm. Because she actually let my sister and myself go first. And I think that might have affected her a little bit. Because we had no background in skydiving. Right. You know, it's like it was a complete first. It wasn't anything that we've ever been around. Right. So um, I think she she just got a little bit nervous um, <laughs> after after she let my sister and myself go first. <laughs> um, but then she, she finally made it. She made it through the course. But I think later on, she just kind of like it frizzled out for her a little bit. Nice. But she still loves jumping to this day, though. She goes on as many tandems as she possibly can. So. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Now, how about your sister? Did yeah. she keep going at it? Um, She stopped for a little while and then did a recurrency. And then I think 
My mom and my sister both, I think, have about 30 jobs, I think, on okay. their names. But this is back in, like, 1994. Right. Well, so, you definitely uh, were the one that embraced it. I mean, how many jumps are you up to now? Uh, I've got about 8,500 jumps. Oh, only 8,500? Oh, fuck. I thought yep. you were a pro. I'm just no, talking yep. to a rookie. <laughs> For the time and the sport, I mean, it's probably not the biggest number, but I definitely had the bulk of it nearer the end like sure well anybody I, listening I, I to this jumping lots when i had about 1500 jumps mm. so. well anybody That's listening good. to this podcast that's either just getting started in skydiving or doesn't jump and is just curious is thinking she's fucking jumped out of an airplane eight and a half thousand times i'll stop you no it's a pretty come on i mean if you think about it in the real world that's just insanity people think we're fucking nuts and you're nuts by eight times eight and a half thousand it's crazy which is wonderful. Yeah. So you. It is, it is good number. Yeah. So were you like hooked, hooked, like from the beginning? Did you know that was it? Um. Yes. <laughs> uh. In the short, short version of it, but like jump number one was a complete like, um, complete override of what the hell is happening right now. All right. But what actually got me was jump number two. That was the one that actually just took me into uh, – by, by, <laughs> by the end of that day on jump number two, I was already counting down the years that I was allowed to be an AFF instructor, <laughs> <laughs> work in the sport and all that stuff because <clears throat> the legal AFF age would be 21 in South Africa. Of course, I didn't make it. Sure. I became an AFF instructor way later, but um, I was counting down the years. I wasn't even allowed to work legally to make money, so I was just packing like sure. a crazy person. Sure. I I packed for 13 years for money. Um, Damn. Just to pack for myself because we did the AFF course, but that was it. So the, um, the rest was... You know, I'm very thankful for it. So my mom helped me out with the rig and AFF course, but the rest was moi. Wow. So I had to so she do was, all that. She was super supportive when you decided this is it. Well, <laughs> no, I don't know if she knew to what extent or realized to what extent I had decided this was it yet, <laughs> to right. be honest with ha, Well, the, I suppose the important question is, has she figured that out by now? She did. She did. Um, there's a story attached to that. Please uh, <laughs> expound. Let's hear it. So um, I wanted to just, instead of um, go study something normal, <laughs> what I really wanted to do was take a, uh, you would call it probably a gap year or something, and go skydive a lot so that I could get all my ratings sure. and everything else. But um, I had to go to college, which I didn't mind because I was studying art. In any case, in high school, I, I, I was uh, went to an actual art school. Okay. Um, specialized in art. But then, um, so I went and tried out graphic design and advertising as my study field, which is a great route to have gone into. But, you know, I bunked college. Mm. So that I could go skydive if there was skydiving in the middle of the week. Oops. 
Um, and on one of such occasions, yeah, one of such occasions, I actually ended up hooking myself into the ground and breaking myself oh. quite badly. Oh. Um, <laughs> and with that, uh, by the way, that was at jump number 187, mm-hmm. which was before the days that uh, there was even cross brace parachutes really out and and it was also before the days where there were any sort of rules regarding anything <laughs> for right. that matter. Right. Skydiving wise. Um, it was a little little early. Um, and when I had broken myself, I think there was a bit of a question of whether I should be keeping my gear. And it wasn't from me, it was from my mother. Mm. And then I basically was like, no, you're not selling my gear. Um, it, was just a, it wasn't like she was trying to stop me from jumping. It was just like, oh, she's broken herself. Maybe she doesn't want to start out anymore. Sure. That was pretty much the, uh, okay, no, <laughs> this isn't going to end soon. Right. <laughs> oh, no. So um, it's cold. The gear didn't get sold, and then it still took me a couple of years to catch up with life in general, you know. Sure. Um, and uh, and then basically, when I I didn't finish college because I was out of it for too long with the break. Right. And then I started working on all the ratings and everything else that I needed to become a skydiver. Dirty poor, dirty poor, <laughs> ridiculously poor, but right. happened eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I God, that's got to be a tough realization for a mother to come to as she's looking at her kid all busted and broken up going, wow, what did this to her is something she is not oh. going to stop doing. Nope. And, ul- no, I mean it- and ultimately, she's got to look in the mirror and go, fuck, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, but she's made peace with it now. It's well, fair enough. She's all supportive. Well, she needs to be because at the end of the day, you're, I mean, you've got ammunition for life. She talked you into going for your first jump. <laughs> she did. She did. I didn't it. even know what it was. She did it. I mean, come on. That's hey, kid. Just take a hit. Just one hit. It's not going to bother you. Just come on. Just take one hit. <laughs> the fuck? Would you like a can? Exactly. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Talk about setting you down the path. Well, all right. So you, uh, you're, you're mapping out your future by jump number two. You're actively pursuing it by completely yeah. fucking off college and uh, breaking yourself and refusing to get rid of your gear. Um, when did you really start working as a jumper? Because you said you packed for a long, long time. That's a fuckload of nylon to be yeah. packing. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I mean, it was... Mostly weekend packing. So, I mean, it's not like your average seven day a week. That was, in those years, it was weekend packing. Sure. So, we figured out it was probably about 50,000 pack jobs, I think, somewhere around there. That's a lot of packed parachutes. (laughs) Well, now, so let me ask you. So, you're, you're spending this much time packing, and obviously you're jumping doing it, but if the only work that you can do is packing, that's kind of a burnout profession, which tells me that the community must have been pretty awesome as well, yeah? Of course. The whole skydiving community is awesome, aren't they? I mean, well, I mean yeah, but pretty legit. 
there's there's different drop zones. You know, there's the party drop zones. There's the laid back drop zones. There's the ones where as soon as last load, you know, lands, everybody goes home. And then there's those really tight knit communities. But to keep you packing for that long, I'm guessing it had to be a pretty tight knit community. Yeah. No, oh, it was it was pretty crazy. That so the drop zone where I was jumping at at the time is at the moment it's called Skydive Pretoria, but at the time it was still uh, Pretoria Skydiving Club. Okay. And that drop zone set the pace or the direction for my whole skydiving life, you might say. I mean, once I left there, and I didn't have a lot of jumps when I left there. I, I well, I left to go and work in a tunnel, mm. but um, once I'd left there, at least I knew that I was going to be okay no matter where I went because they were so they were probably considered one of the most progressive drop zones in the country at the time because mm. they've just always never really followed the norm sure. regarding skydiving stuff, and they were always a little step ahead. So, all the little base parts of me having to go venture in the big world comes from that place. Mm. It was um, very cool. It's very family. Um, it was a very healthy amount of partying and a very healthy amount of community. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, you were looked after, and it was a little piece of paradise anyway. I mean, I, I my whole high school career, I was there every weekend, wow. so I didn't actually get to do the normal. Kitty, kitty grow up party world. I did more sure. of a drop zone grow up world, you know. Ooh, so, that's growing up on fast forward and a whole lot more fun. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was great. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. Well, Look how cool is it? Right. How cool is it now that uh, that Scott Pretoria is owned by Billy and Angie? Billy and Angie, yeah, man. Good I mean, peoples. come on. I absolutely it's, love them. They're fucking isn't, fantastic isn't people. It, <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's it's uh, it it all just seems to go full Drop circle. And, and the skydiving world is such a small world. You know, I mean, if you're in it for any length of time, either you know them or you know somebody that knows somebody. You know, I mean, it's it's so it's yeah. amazing that they've taken over this drop zone that kind of molded you in the beginning, which is fucking cool. Yes, no, it's kind of it's kind of. Um, I don't know. The universe does some crazy things. Sometimes <laughs> you, you just got to right. sit back and watch it do its job or whatever it is that it's doing. I understand, yep. but yes. Yeah. So you went, from, you went from Skydive Pretoria to working in a tunnel. Um, how did that happen? Man, funny that we just spoke about Billy. Um <laughs> So Billy Sharman and I met each other, I think it was 2003 or 2002 or 2004, but also at, at uh, Skydive Pretoria. All right. Um, and then he was also just packing, you know, he was just a pack, and, and he actually packed under my concession for a little while. <laughs> nice. But it, so, <clears throat> so he had moved to Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates to work in a tunnel there, um, I think he. It, I think he might have gone in two thousand and seven or two thousand and seven or eight, maybe to this tunnel. Okay. And obviously, um, being the United Arab Emirates, there's an actual need for female instructors. Sure. Um, just you know, for everybody to have a be able to have a good time. Sure. <laughs> so. So 
um, Billy knew of me. Um, and they were, at that time, they were looking at big, strong chicks okay. to the tunnel. Um, there wasn't really an easy way to get into tunnels at that point. So um, he actually called me up knowing how I, how um, maybe physically able I would be okay. at the time for their process to make tunnel instructors. And he called me up and he just said, hey, wow. how would you like to be a tunnel instructor? I was had, like, damn, boy. Had you had I any did. tunnel experience? Nothing. Oh, no, I did. I did, I did. I think, an hour in the Bedford Tunnel in <laughs> maybe 2003 or four or something. Wow. So this is, like, this is back when you could get a job in a tunnel because you'd been in one once. Oh, well, you could, you could get a job in the tunnel without any tunnel time no matter what because they train you oh, to become a tunnel instructor. Not necessarily a flyer, but at least a tunnel instructor. They teach you how to catch. God, you got to uh, sacrifice your firstborn to get in the tunnel nowadays. Oh, is it? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this was back in 2009, so I don't know. Right, right. I don't know so, what it's like. So you, you went out and started working in a foreign tunnel. So you left South Africa and went to go be a tunnel instructor somewhere you'd never been before because Billy called you and said you should try this. Well, I mean – of course, because of the previous little hour I did in Bedford in whatever, 2004, I think it was, or six, um, I'd known what it was, and he knew I was probably going to be able to do the job. Sure. Uh, so I knew exactly what it was, and I mean, it's not even something that you would like even consider not doing. <laughs> at that sure. Point in of your course. Life. Of course. Come on. That's a stupid question. Where's my ticket? Let me come uh, over. <laughs> right, right. No, absolutely. Well, I don't blame you for a second. Well, it's it's funny because um, when you and I met, uh, you were still a very active tunnel instructor and one of the people that was teaching me to get on my head in the, t in the tunnel. And by the yeah. time you and I met, you were beyond an accomplished tunnel instructor and just kind of a badass flyer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can you. see you blushing from here. <laughs> but, you, but you know it's true, though. I mean, come on. You you were holding your own with literally the best tunnel flyers in the world. How cool is that? Well, that is pretty cool to know. Thank you, Dean. Well, of course. <laughs> well, anybody that can get my ass stable on my head, uh, the only few other people that have been able to do that are, are of the quality of Mr. Rob Jones. I mean, come on. You know, how do you beat Yeah, shout out to Rob. I mean, how the hell do you beat that? So, so you, I mean, you ended up clearly spending a shitload of time in the tunnel. So you must have loved that as well. I, I did spend a lot of time. I was very, very privileged um, in my progress in the tunnel world. Um, there was a lot of. Uh, free time you might say just because of where it was and sure. they all want you to be the best ever so they just be like go fly become the best go 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 we want the best people in so of course i milked that because it was wonderful absolutely <laughs> of course well, why really wouldn't you? Like, 
Yeah, it's definitely a sport on its own. I mean, yeah, okay, it helps with free fall skills, but it's really a thing on its own, you know? Sure. It's just a um, nice other awesome flying thing to go do, you know? Do you, do you think, I mean, is it a completely different sport? I mean, it's obviously it's different angles and, and different techniques for tunnel as opposed to in the sky, uh, but it's still pretty much brother and sister, isn't it? They go very, very hand in hand with each other. Definitely, like I said, I mean, free fall skills. But <clears throat> a tunnel is not going to teach you how to exit an aircraft. <laughs> no, of course not. Or fly your parachute, you know. Or, or, or I mean, behave well in a tracking jump. Healthy, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely I doesn't mean, give you the basic skills. I mean, it, it can help, but it, it doesn't hand those basic skills to you. Those are the only things you have to earn those in skydives. And like I was just saying, in fact, you leading tracking jumps more times than I can count telling me I'm keeping my feet the wrong fucking way or exiting wrong or <laughs> doing this or that. You can only learn that shit jumping out of airplanes for sure. But don't you think that the tunnel um, creates pretty amazing flyers in the sky as well? I mean, of course. <clears throat> it does absolutely create better flies. That's what I said. Like your free fall skills are going to go through the roof. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. And it makes your whole th thought process change also because you're so situationally aware mm. when you're in the sky because of how comfortable you are in it. So it actually does help progress the skydiving learning part when it comes to the actual free fall bits, but like maybe canopy stuff, not so much. And the extra sure. will have to do sure. a bunch of time and work. <laughs> well, now you've but, worked quite, yeah. you've worked quite hard doing load organizing and, and uh, free fall coaching and all this stuff in skydiving as well as in the tunnel, uh, which do you think mm -hmm. is easier to teach people in which environment is easier? Oh, so there's a question that I've actually been thinking about quite a bit. Um, for me, because I have skydives and I have tunnel time and I quite literally specialize, like I wouldn't say specialize, but that's, that's kind of my what I do most of the time when I skydive is coaching. Right. And obviously when I was working in the tunnel. <clears throat> but I think I can only say because I'm in South Africa right now and we don't actually have tunnels. The fact that we don't have tunnels, but at least I have a bit of that background, for me, I can actually bring that to the sky quite well. And I'm not mm. saying it's not that for other people, but this country has no tunnel. Sure. So the people have to learn from scratch without any input from a tunnel Sure. Um, for the free fall. So it has... Definitely helped me make that not so hard for me to do. Sure. Because of the fact that I'm that I've had the tunnel and the skydive. Sure. But I don't know what it would be like if I didn't have the tunnel. What it would be like to be the coach well, in you know, the sky or the tunnel? Because either or, it's all about what you tell people beforehand, right? So sure. No. It's yeah, okay, there's in sky coaching going on, but it depends on what you tell people beforehand. Sure. Tunnel and sky. So oh, absolutely. for me, I think it's the same. Same kind I, of thing. I kind of look at uh, um and it's just because I'm old uh and I've been in this sport for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, um 
I find it thoroughly entertaining to learn how to free fly in a tunnel uh, because I know how to free fly. And let's let's say that the word no is very loose <laughs> in my case. I can free fly in the sky. <laughs> but I had to learn that the old way, 45 seconds at a time. You know, so um, I... I had to learn to sit fly jumping out of an airplane and fuck it up all over the place. And same thing with flying on my head. And it so the fact that I suck in the tunnel and it takes so much work, I could give two shits about because I had to learn to do that jumping out of a fucking plane. So, and again, it's just because I'm old. I take great pl- great pride <laughs> in the fact that I, that I learned how to skydive jumping out of an airplane and not in a tunnel first. I am totally with you on that, Dean. Yeah. Um, I think I had 1,500 jumps before the tunnel thing started for me. Yeah. Um, I'd already had the South African uh, AFF rating by, at the time. I mean, nice. we, we can only get them at 1,000 jumps, so I basically got it at 1,000 jumps. So mm. um, I And I learned the basics of, Head down and and head up, which wasn't called head up at the time. Right, it was just sit flying. <laughs> um, yes, and you know I did all this. I I mean I did fifteen hundred skydives without any input from a tunnel. Right. Um. So I totally also take pride in that. I'm totally with you on that. It's oh yeah, a nice and thing to. It's, to have been it, brought up doing lots of skydives. Well, I mean it's a lot of skydives. It's 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 a lot. For sure. Well, and I I hate to say it because I know that I myself am guilty of it. And I know that skydivers of my generation are guilty of it as well as we kind of, you kind of look down your nose at a badass flyer in the tunnel for two reasons. One, they can do a lot of shit that I can't fucking do. So fuck you. (laughs) And two, you learned in the tunnel and I had to learn in the sky. And it's, um, it's, I, I, the word cheat wants to come out of my mouth, but it's not. It's a skill. It's a well-earned skill, and I really am trying hard not to not to talk badly about tunnel flyers because I'm constantly amazed and in awe at what can be done, both in the tunnel and in the sky. I guess I just, uh, yeah, I, I have that old-school mentality of um, you didn't really earn it if you didn't learn it out of an airplane, which I'm trying, and I'm trying to get rid of that. You should get rid of that because, uh, because <laughs> <laughs> you have the advantage of having learned skydiving before the tunnel flyer. Sure. But the tunnel flyer has the advantage of being so spatially aware that he's going to learn those things real quick, except sure. for the parachute part and the exit part. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it just uh, – um. Uh, it, and believe me, had I if I were coming up in skydiving now instead of when I did twenty something years ago, I would be taking full advantage of the tunnel. And of course, absolutely. Why would you not that's take full right. advantage of, of the best training that's available? For sure. I, mean, I only started. I, I only started that tunnel job when I was thirty, thirty years sure. old, and yeah. I was like behind, and I needed to catch up. And so I took the shit out of that opportunity. Of course, <laughs> and, and you I totally should. Uh, it's literally, this is me being like the old guy that only rides a horse going, those fucking cars ruin the world. It's the same thing. <laughs> you should watch all trucks. 
Yes, it's just me being a crotchety old bastard going, what, fucking tunnel's ruined? No, it's not. It's amazing. I fucking love it. And I actually love the fact that I kind of suck in it because it means that I've still got a lot more to learn, which is by far the best part anyway. Which means you've got stuff to do in your off time. Yeah, <laughs> shit to learn. Absolutely shit to learn. So you become a, a, a badass tunnel flyer and you're coaching in the sky and everything, but you're traveling all over the world as well. I mean, you spent, uh, over the last few years, you spent quite a lot of time in the States too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um, so we have quite a vigorous visa process for South Africans, <clears throat> but but uh, back in 2012, we had this little team called Blue Collar. Okay. I like that it. Wasn't a sponsor. It wasn't a sponsored team, but we were kind of sponsored without being sponsored. Okay. Um, we got an opportunity in the tunnel to go fly in the mornings before the big team got to train. So we had to be up at Sparrow's Fart and go train. Right. <clears throat> so we actually got an opportunity from the drop zones itself, from the managers there, to send us to the U.S. Nationals in 2012. Nice. So as a guest team, as an intermediate VFS guest team, let me just uh, be clear. Um, and that's when I got the visa to go to the States on um, um, a visitor's visa. Okay. So I haven't been working in the States. I've just been playing there for the past bunch of years. So nice. 2012 was the VFS was the VFS thing. And then after that, I think I found out there was the first world record in head up. And it was uh, like, of course I'm going to go do that. Screw everyone. I don't need a travel partner. I'm going to go do the freaking head up world record. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> so 2014 was the start of my real like, oh, I'm on a yearly basis going to the States to go do awesome shit because sure. they are the mecca of, Skydiving. I mean, they've got what? I think it was last year they had 38,000 skydivers. Not crazy. I mean, you can just imagine in the summer months what a mecca of skydiving that could be. Like, it just blows up. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Well, now, so, in, in all your trips now, how many how many records have you been on now? Um, skydiving records. Yeah. Uh, world records? Yeah. Okay, so... Fuck that many? Um, <laughs> no, not that many. Um, no, not that many world records. I only have a few world records. Fuck off. No, I really, I literally, I think I have a couple. I don't know okay. if the head-up records that we did. The first one we did was a 44-way. And um, I think literally like two days later, we made another record which was a 52 way so i don't know if that counts as two world records or just the end of the first head up world record was a 52 way i don't know where, and, where by the way where were you doing these jumps um in arizona okay at eloy yeah nice yeah, pretty awesome nice yeah i got my aff uh, ticket there no yeah, it's, it's a good drop zone man it's yeah got some real I mean, the Wild West, dude. <laughs> yeah, no. That place like, that place is as famous after the sun goes down as it is while the jumping's happening, for sure. 
It's a good spot. It's yeah. a good spot. And some of my favorite skydivers are there. I like them. They're not oh, that yeah. noisy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you did the head so, up. It was a 52-way, you said? Yes. And then um, two weeks after that, they actually had the first head down record that I went to go do tryouts for <clears throat> um, uh, selection camp, so okay. ticket camp. So I stayed in Arizona for pretty much almost three weeks because I was like, we're going to do this first head up world record because it's never been done and it's freaking awesome. Right. And it was a lot of fun, by the way. Oh, my goodness. What a fun <laughs> thing that was. Sheesh. <laughs> I bet. And – and then two weeks later, they had the the tryouts for the world record for 2015, which was in Chicago. And so I ended up getting a ticket there as well to go do the next world record in Chicago, which was the the head down record. And I think the number was 164. Wow. 164 officially. Wow. And then um, last year we did the – we tried the 200 way, but there was just so many variables that made it not happen. And sure. we ended up only being able to do like nine jumps or something. It wasn't enough. I think we might have actually gotten something if we had better weather. But um, That's the Midwest for you, though. So it didn't happen that time around. Um, and then next year is the Project 19 camp, and hopefully we get 100 babes in the sky holding hands. Wow. So what is it you're shooting for with the Project 19? Shooting for a hundred way and, and yeah, I, I hope we get it. <laughs> well, hell, I mean, so, it's, it, there's a whole lot of motivation behind that one, isn't there? I mean, what, how, did that, how did the Project 19 start? Um, and I got a phone call. <laughs> um, so there was just a bit of a phone call. I mean, obviously talking to everybody that they were thinking of and bringing in. And um, Chummy called me and she explained to me what it was. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't – I can only basically choose in my situation one record every now and again because, you know, it's just financially it's quite taxing on you to go do those oh, things. Oh, yeah. Um, so the female records, and i got to be honest, it's just not the top of my list always because – if I'm going to choose, if I have to choose one event every one or two years, then I would rather go do the big, the big records, you know. Mm. Um, I'd rather go for the mixed events. Sure. And I've always, I mean, I want to go do every single one. I want to go do all of those events, but I mean, geez, I, you need to like, you need to go rob some banks to make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah, more than more than one or two. <laughs> So, yeah, I just got a good phone call, and the wording was just beautiful, and Jimmy is just great. So, um, yeah, we get to go do that next year. It was just great. Um, it's a – it's a, what do you want to call it? I mean, I'm African, so just excuse if I use the wrong word. Commemoration? Yeah, yeah, that works. For yeah. women's, women's vote to right. Uh, women's the, right to vote. Sorry, the right to vote. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. I can I can translate. <laughs> I speak I speak nom nom, so it's okay. 
I learned how to speak nom nom in Bali. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh my god! How it's all right? So, got- so you you and I were working together at the time, and we both were going through some shit. I forget. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I believe it was like right after Diego, my eighteen year old dog, had just passed away. So I. I was having a horrible time of it. I don't remember why you needed to get away, but you needed to get away as well. And I think we were sitting over a glass of red wine or something, and one of us is like, "We should just fuck off to Ireland somewhere." How did how did we end yeah. up coming up with but that? It, wasn't that it? That was basically it. it and then it? I, no, yeah. I mean, I was I was making smart life choices at the time. That's what was going on. Was that it? Was, was that it? Considering life and things. Because I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I remember that, uh, um, um, at least for me, part of my major motivation was that they sell, they, they uh, had a, an island specifically dedicated to, um, uh, how, how would you want to say it? Milkshake kind of entertainment. Milkshake. Milkshakes, yes. <laughs> Healthy milkshakes. milkshakes. <laughs> yes, made out of, uh, made out of um, um, fruits and, not, and, uh, um, not dairy kind. <laughs> yeah, they, no, not the dairy kind. Yeah. I think actually, didn't they use something <laughs> like, they used something like, I think it was mushrooms to thicken it up. <laughs> fungi. So, yeah. Yeah. Milkshakes, you become a fun guy. You become a fun guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had uh, um, we had two thoroughly entertaining days on Gilly Tea, uh, Gilly Tarawanga, okay. just off of Bali, and that's where I learned to speak Nom Nom. <laughs> it was, it was wh- pretty awesome. Sunburned like a freaking. I looked like a crab when I left that place. <laughs> oh, it was one of the best breaks from. Because I mean, let's face it. Even as badass as skydiving and as badass as the community are, sometimes you just need to step away from airplanes and shit like that every right. once in a while. And uh, that yep. place, I remember when we got on that island and the boat moored, and we hopped off, and our ride to our hotel was a donkey cart. <laughs> I still it have. Was. The, I still have the video of us clip clopping along in this fucking donkey cart, just looking around, not really knowing how to react, but grinning ear to ear going, this is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. And anybody listening that's ever been to Gilly T knows exactly what we're talking about. That place was just. And then they take you to this luxurious island villa with your own pool. (laughs) Oh, I know it. Because you had your room on one side of the pool. My room was on the other side of the pool. And you're just. Surrounded by greenery and flowers and everything, and then a lot of um, fungus-laced milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh. they were great. Oh no, it was fantastic! Remember the bicycles? Yes, we had to have bicycles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had to have bicycles to get around, and then so the, island, the island is only like what a five-kilometer radius. It's not even. Oh, it's <laughs> worth teeny. a bicycle. Be honest. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no, no, it's teeny. Well, and the bicycles were very quickly unrideable. <laughs> exactly. We kind of, uh, we kind, I think we, I think we surrounded the island. Maybe we made the radius like a six k radius because we swam around the island one day. I remember. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't think it was swimming. We were more dragging ourselves out of the coral because we we swam into an area where you should not be walking because it was all real jagged coral, and we had to crawl out of the water. I remember that vividly. Oh, I I also remember. 
I remember, I remember from that going back to work more refreshed and more ready to skydive and fly planes than I have been in so long. <laughs> it was a fun trip for sure. Oh Absolutely. yeah. Well, it, it, it led <laughs> to myself and it led to myself. And of course, you know, Junior and Pat and Siobhan and, and everybody, we have a couple of places on that island. Just a quick note, anybody that wants to rent a villa in Bali, just uh, reach out to me. Just <laughs> say Place for me, please. Anytime you want it. Anytime you want it. Now, speaking of the future, so we know you're aiming for this record coming next year, but what else comes uh, up for Nomers? What what uh, what have you got planned? Is there any any big things on the horizons? Anything that uh, uh, any new and exciting, or just working on the same hardcore stuff and new students? <laughs> so um, I obviously took a bit of a year off this year. Um, just some family stuff, you know, health sure. issues and that. And so I took a little bit of time off um, from the big skydiving circuit just to be in country so I can be near my family members and that just for a little bit to sure. see if they're going to be okay. And I was in Pretoria, obviously always, you know, during my little travels to the States and back, I always went back to Pretoria because it's where I grew up. It's my home. Sure. But I decided this year that um, if I'm going to be here for, what, longer than a year in the country, then I kind of want to go do it where I can have a view. <laughs> sure. Sure. So, so that was the one move it was kind of a bold move because my whole life I've been in country. Sure. Um, inside the country, not by the coastal areas. I've never lived by the sea before. So that was plan number one is like, okay, if I'm going to be here at least for a year, maybe longer, then I'm going to do it by a place where I have a view of the ocean. So mm. I found this magic little place called Mossel Bay, mm. and it has a spectacular view for skydiving, and it's a pretty rad little drop zone. Mm. So I found this place, and I've been staying here. But, you know, being South Africa is in the Southern Hemisphere, um, this is now becoming our busy time. Sure. So basically what I'm doing here at the moment is uh, we've got obviously some AFF coming up because the weather's getting better. Um, temperature-wise, <laughs> and um, so I've got some AFF coming up. We've got a December boogie at the end of the year, running from the 14th to the 24th of December. Oh, wow. And so I'm organizing at the boogie, and then just uh, maybe some video jumps. I do a little bit of tandem video, some free fly coaching. I've got some students coming next week. So things are looking up, summer's coming up. So I'm not planning on going very far from here until like at least March or April, I think, because I'm oh. trying to go to one of the phase three camps of the Project 19, maybe in Seville, Spain. Wow. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I can't really make plans to go anywhere uh, until then. Um, we've well, got a big Dutch group coming for two weeks in February, so that's happening. Awesome. So, well, yeah. So and now I think, and I'm hoping to go in April. <laughs> to April. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, now, for, for people that are listening, um, 
especially the ones that are interested uh, to jump in country with you, how do they, wh- where's the drop zone? What's the website? So, is it, um, it SkydiveMuscleBay? Yeah, it's SkydiveMuscleBay.com, actually. So you can just look that up. Um, we have a King Air uh, and some Cessnas. And mostly it'll be Cessna unless it's like big groups and busy time, then we'll fly the King Air. Sure. Um, and I do AFF here. I do free fly coaching here. And also organize. If there's big groups, I'll do organizing. And I also do some video, tandem video. I've been playing around, but I'm like saying this publicly now. I've been, I've been playing around with – Possibly getting my tandem radio, but I'm not. I don't want. You did not just say that. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Oh my god! I See, never. Stop it! Don't, I never don't in my life, scene. never thought I'd if hear you, you say that. You make a big scene. I'm not going to do it anymore. Oh, okay? you are going. You had to know that was going to be my reaction. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'll come because I'm still kind of like I'm playing around with the idea, but I still don't know if I'm ready for it. I will make you a deal. <laughs> I'll make you a deal right here and now. I'll say it on the podcast. And I've said before that this would never happen again. If you get your tandem rating, I will come right on the front. And you I will. Sh- you come all the way here to come visit me to come right on the front. I will come to Pretoria to come right on on the front. And I oh. swore I would never in my fucking yeah. life do another tandem from the front ever. <laughs> Just remember this. I thank you very much, but it won't be in Pretoria. It'll be by the coastal town of Mossel Bay where the uh, sun is shining uh, and the waves are breaking and it's like heaven. All right. That as well. <laughs> Just as long as you realize I will be more terrified than any tandem student you have ever seen or will ever take. Even yeah. Really? Yeah. You've jumped with me a lot. But I've been a I've been a tandem master for twenty something years. I know how fucking horrible these things can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Dean, if you can arch and I can arch, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Well, all right. Yes. No. I, I'm I'm going to stick to it. I I absolutely will stick to it one hundred percent. If you get your tandem rating, I will absolutely come right up front. Okay, I'm going to let you know when I start. It, I it probably, like I'm still, like I said, playing around with the idea because I really have to prepare myself mentally for this oh, thing. Like, do I, it. Just do it. I, I might, I might, I'm just, I've got a thing with strange people attached to my body, man. <laughs> <laughs> You'll I'm get over serious. it. You'll get over it. I don't like weird smelling people attached to me i can't i i have such a good sense of smell that i smell things 50 meters away and i promise you, you clean people are fine but most of them are not clean <laughs> tiger balm tiger balm on your upper lip <laughs> it works all tiger- right i must i'm these tips from you people <laughs> yeah a little bit of tiger balm on your upper lip you can survive almost anything i promise you so okay, cool. Now for pe- in next year, and it'll be pro- if it happens. If it happens, it'll be in the beginning of next year that I hopefully would start. If it happens, all right. Okay, well, if, so please don't. If it happens, down is one of those things I did and then didn't do. 
If it happens, <laughs> I expect that I'll be told when I need to arrive to to ride up front. No, right, cool. I just got a I just got a three bedroom apartment down here, so <laughs> oh, cool. you're good. You can come and stay in the bottom apartment, and awesome. you'll be fine. You, oh, you just awesome. have to pay for the ticket. To- I'll pay for the ticket and and uh, and I'll bring a bunch of bottles of red wine when I come. Yep, it's yep. a done deal. So <laughs> we have space in the house. Okay. Yeah. Now, as as your season is kicking into high gear, if you've got people listening that want to come get some nom nom uh, free fly training, they want to get some coaching, uh, they want to do an AFF, and they want to do it specifically with you. Now that you're listening, how do they find you? Are you on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff? I am on Facebook. Um, for sure. I'm quite finicky with who I accept on Facebook. So maybe just send me a messenger message first before we just like, you know, I, I don't always accept friend requests if I haven't really met you. So just send me a message and we can talk further. Awesome. Um, I am on Instagram. I'm not, I think because of this year that I took off, I'm not that active on it, but I will definitely, I'm always online. So I'll see if there's a message or whatever going on. But other than that, um, Facebook, Instagram, I'm not going to give anybody my phone number right now. Oh, God, and no. also you can contact me. <laughs> you can no. contact me on the Sarah Muscle Bay uh, Facebook group even. I'd say that's um, probably the you, best way to do it. Is if we can help. I'll give you communications, and then from there we can take it. Awesome. Yeah, if you want to get a hold of Nom Nom, I think on the the uh, Skydive Muscle Bay uh, website would be the best way to do it, for sure. Yeah. Easy yet. Easy yet. For sure. Nomers. I'm definitely miss- a, I'm an ad in the Facebook group, so you can actually give me a shout-out straight there on the actual Facebook Muscle Bay or on my own messenger, and then from there we can – do the friend requests and do the formalities and all that. But yeah, for sure. Those are my contact. Piece of cake. Easy contact detail. Piece of cake. Yeah. Nomers, I miss you. I miss miss you. you. Yeah. I miss you. You have to come visit me now. Now I'm going to get my tandem rating just so you can come visit me. (laughs) That's exactly why I agreed to do it. <laughs> That's it. I'm not even shitting you. I'm going to show up. I'm going to ride up front. I'm going to wear diapers for when I shit myself, but I'll bring a bunch of red wine and it'll yeah, be a. Where's throw up on you? That's why I don't want to do tandems. No, I promise I won't throw up. I, I'm going to shit, but I won't throw up. So it'll come out the other side. It'll be fine. But if you shit your pants and I smell it, I'm going to throw up on you. <laughs> well, I'll shit in free fall. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Just give me. T- Maybe give me chicken handles. No, don't give me chicken handles. Fuck it. I'll go full bore. It's fine. I can take it. Man, you'll trust me. It'll be fine. I've got apparently I've got a lot of skydives. So hello. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I'd say about six thousand of them are actual jumps with tandems. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. five thousand, whatever. But with tandem masters, like, come on. Fair there enough. Should surely be some sort of an advantage. If, if, I'm gonna, <laughs> if I'm going to trust anybody, I'm going to trust you with a new tandem rating. So, yes, it's a deal. It's a deal. Well, cool. Now numbers, I'm going to get rating just for you. Good. Good. <laughs> That's it. Just for that jump. <laughs> numbers, thank you so much for taking time to sit down and shoot the shit with me. 
Like, it was awesome, man. I've never shot the shit, but that was my first. I've just You just broke my virginity of shooting the shit. I did. I just <laughs> took your podcast virginity happily, proudly. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was a blast as always. Obviously, you and I are going to keep up quite a lot, and I'm going to update everybody when you get that tandem rating. Oh, no. Don't share it with everyone. It's not for everyone yet. Only when you get it. Come do the jump with me. When you get it, I'll share it with everyone. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Love you so much. When is a good word. I love you. Take care. All right, that brings to an end another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you in association with the greatest magazine in the known universe, blueskiesmagazine.com. Head to blueskiesmagazine.com to subscribe to the magazine. Send your pictures there to get them on the cover if you can. Write those articles. Try and get something in print. If you've got something to advertise, they are also where you're going to want to go. For me, I'm the fucking pilot, and you can find me at thefuckingpilot.net. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and all that. But if you go on the fuckingpilot.net, that's where you're going to be able to find both the books that I've written. Uh, the Fucking Pilot book, which is previously published articles with Blue Skies Magazine, as well as The Accidental Stripper. Both of them available in digital and print form. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. <laughs>